Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Monday. I am back after a couple of weeks and I have two beautiful and special guests today. My two wonderful apprentices and students here in Kentucky And we're going to chat about apprenticeship from their point of view. I asked them to do this podcast last week after we had attended a really beautiful home birth. And it was also on my mind that I've been talking to midwives lately through our Elevate program. So just briefly, that's a program for practicing midwives who want to listen more to their soul calling and really access a deeper knowing when they're in this role of midwife. Many of us, myself included, were trained through a very clinical model. So even though we're home birth midwives, I was joking beforehand, and it's not really a joke, that I was one of those midwives that carried around my skills manual as a young student. And I was really proud of that. It really felt at the time like I was making progress. And I think we'll get to talking about the role of skills and the skills these ladies have learned and the skills they haven't learned. But just offering kind of a different version of midwifery nowadays is how I like to think about it. There is no wrong or right. There are lots of ways to be a midwife. But what if, what if the newer midwives, the apprentices were more indoctrinated in this fuller view of midwifery and birth than just learning skills. What if an apprenticeship wasn't about just checking off skills and learning vaginal exams, although all those things are important? What if it was about connecting with yourself more deeply? And what if it was about connecting with women more deeply? And what if that was your basis for becoming a midwife? So without further ado, I'm going to let Sam and Angelia introduce themselves and we'll see what comes out today. Hi, um, I'm Angelia, and I'm just so honored to be here. And thank you, Marin, for having <laughs> us. And it's truly just an amazing experience getting to be a part of this apprenticeship and to start my midwifery journey in such a beautiful way. And yeah. And I'm Sam. I'm also apprenticing with Marin. And yeah, I agree. It's just so unique and so beautiful to start into midwifery in this way. Um, And there's not that many people I know that have this opportunity. So I'm super grateful and so excited to talk about it. Awesome. I'm so glad you two are here. I don't know. It's taken a long time, I guess, for us all to get on a podcast together. Um, But I want to be transparent, too, and say, you know, hopefully this chat will be revealing. And it doesn't have to be all roses, as we were saying. Like, there are things I'm sure you all want to learn and you haven't learned. Um, So just being honest about all of that is totally fine. And, yeah, I guess where where should we start? 
what comes to mind? I'm thinking too. Hmm. Well, I guess I have one more little anecdote. I was thinking before we recorded this today that I'm super grateful for you two because I feel like having your really amazing energy and support has allowed me to explore more things as a midwife, believe it or not. Um, in the past, you know, not to not to badmouth anybody, but um, I think sometimes this idea that birth is a spiritual process and all of that uh, can be misinterpreted. And I think it takes the right people as well to really be honest with themselves and figure out what that interpretation means for them. So in the past, I've had students that kind of took that really far <laughs> um, and didn't think they needed anything else, which I, I can also take responsibility for because I think um, that's why we're having this conversation is to just like be more open and descriptive as to what an apprenticeship might look like in these different ways, rather than just throwing it all in one basket and saying, oh, birth is a spiritual event, like just show up and cross your fingers, which, you know, sometimes is how it gets uh, misinterpreted in the crowd. So anybody want to start with anything? Sure. How about prenatal care? Just like what you guys have learned and all of that. Yeah, that's um, one of the biggest things I feel like contributes to being in the birth space and feeling each other's energy and really being connected with the mom and baby's energy is that we really take the time to sit with women and to witness them and what they're feeling and what they're experiencing throughout their pregnancy experience and what they really hope and dream for for their birth and also what they've been through in past experiences um, and just really being with them and I think also just being able to place our hands like on their bellies and just really take the time to to listen and, and feel and you know those things as well it really helps with that connection and yeah just taking the time to to be with them in a way that's not all clinical either yeah I feel like the more that I learn about the energy of the prenatal time and get to know moms and stuff, the more I realize what I don't know. And I think that it's crazy to think about people just going to birth thinking like, oh, it's spiritual and everything will be totally fine. Like that's definitely true, but um, the skills do have a place like Marin said. And I think it's all about learning balancing between the skills that we're learning and also the energy. So having this um, special connection with the mom and the baby come first just opens us up to a new way of looking at the tools that we use when we use them and why. Mm. So um, I've really appreciated just that being the starting point where the, the mom and the baby are the focus first and foremost. Yeah, I'll blab for a minute. I was wondering if you two, if there were any stories you wanted to share. I feel like stories are such a great way of communicating. So you can reflect for a minute, just, I don't know, on all the prenatals you've seen. Um, I was going to say that, well, it's a little bit of what I already said, which is having you two has really allowed for creating this sacred circle. So, you know, when you don't have a student or an apprentice or anybody you work with, then obviously it's just you. And I think that's really beautiful sometimes 
sometimes that one-on-one relationship is really beautiful and I've really enjoyed that over the years but I think what you two helped shift for me is having a circle like that's so different than one woman and it's not better or worse but because you two like contribute with your hearts so much that the three of us you know in combination with the woman to have those four women in a circle like has just made me like want to cry um and so it doesn't feel like midwife and client it just feels like we're the sacred circle of women that have been called in um and i feel like the women we've served like really appreciate that they've probably never been in a circle but you know they really appreciate both of you and then to have us all at the birth again doesn't feel like oh well that's the assistant it's like no those are those are the ladies like these are my these are my women i love that Um, I like what you said about it being a circle because I think of like the ceremonial piece that you bring Um, and just getting to learn that has been so, I don't know what the word is, but it's just been so amazing because you just, women do not get that um, in their prenatal care. And I definitely see that that's made a huge difference. And for a story, um, I really have enjoyed learning and witnessing women and when doing one particular ceremony, the fear releasing Mm -hmm. ceremony. And I feel like that's such a good time to sit with a woman and really hear um, what is on her heart and her birth experience. And I've seen, I can, I feel like I can just see it in the women and what it brings to light for them and brings such a positive side um, to what might be on their mind and a time to share that with us. And I feel like that's such a deep time to connect with them as well. Um, and it's just beautiful getting to sit in that circle and, you know, talk about those things and then, you know, light fire and let it go (laughs) all together. And yeah, I think it's just beautiful the times that we've done that with clients. Yeah. Um, I feel like just no part of it is separate. Like all of these things come in together, the circle of powerful women and the time we've spent together and what she brings and what all of us bring just bring the birth experience and the prenatal time to this like full um, circle and this full extension of who we are and what we bring and it's just so amazing to feel that when when we're sitting with women either in their pregnancy or during the birth um, they have this sense of feeling supported and I feel it too and um, that's very different than just having someone come be this person who's managing the experience versus someone who is also part of it and invested in it in this um, powerful woman circle kind of way. (laughs) Yeah I love those reflections and your fear release uh, anecdote reminded me that I really love that too like that there isn't one way that looks like everybody's like even the ceremonial stuff is different and I love that you two get to hear all the different versions and like we get to talk about what we hear and what it might mean or what it might not mean because that's an endless conversation like I don't know either, you know, sometimes we do those and people come up with fears or they have things they want to talk about. 
and it's maybe not something I've heard. So it's kind of like together, sometimes we're holding space for that unknown and each interpreting it in a different way, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it's like, what does that mean to her? And, and then, of course, I think we're all thinking ahead to the birth or maybe once the birth happened, reflecting back and even more saying like, oh, wow, like that was there and she surpassed it or, you know, um, so just like kind of getting to play detective in that way that I really like, you know, where there isn't like one way that it looks. I don't know. I think that's so cool that you guys get to see kind of like the vastness of how everybody's puzzle goes together or not. Um, Cause there's such humility in that too, to just be like, well, we're holding space for this today and here we are. <laughs> I think it's also really beautiful how you mirror a lot of things back to women and it kind of, you can see that spark in them of like kind of, really taking it into their own hands and, and feeling their intuition and listening to themselves throughout their the this process as well in their pregnancy. And I think that's big too. And empowering women to also listen to their intuition and be in touch with those things for their birth experience as well. So we're all just connected in that way, I feel. Mm. My favorite part of the fear release is when people just crack wide open and to me that says that they're ready for this coming birth because they've done that with us in in a safe space they felt seen and heard and they feel like they can be vulnerable with us and true to themselves and express whatever has been coming up for them and it's just like night and day before those like um you can kind of see the stuff bubbling before <laughs> the release and then after there's just this energetic relief from all of us especially the mom about what's to come yeah yeah again i love that we get to do that together and i think you said that sam at the last one we did like wow that really like cracked that woman wide open and I love that we all think that's a beautiful thing. I think there are people that would be totally intimidated and weirded out. And, you know, even the way I think sometimes we all sit there in perfect silence for someone <laughs> and we've talked about it, like it has its awkward moments in a way when you're learning to do that. Um, but you two do it so beautifully that we can sit in our awkward silence and just wait for something to arise and nobody feels the need to like, jump in because we're watching this unraveling in front of us and again I think those are the skills that are the most important like how else are you going to learn to just be with someone's really uncomfortable emotions if you always have the solution it just doesn't even make sense I was going to say, and sometimes even still, I'll want to have solutions and then I'll offer them. And I'm just like, that's not what it's about at all. Like, it'll be something so silly. Like, who's going to take care of the dog? And I'm like, I'll, I'll find someone. And then you realize immediately that it's not about that. It's something different. Yeah. And so much gratitude to you, Maren, because I feel like, yes, being in birth spaces before apprenticeship, like... I've learned about intuition and like being in such a sacred place and holding my energy, 
but I feel like a lot of it has come from your energy and just being in a space with you and the things that you've created, these spaces that you've created for women and for us to be a part of that has just been huge for us in our apprenticeship. So, Hmm. Yeah, that might be fun to share about, I think, if you two wanted to share about maybe your own practices or the ways you've learned to manage your own energy because I think there are birth workers who have been doing this a long time who haven't considered that and I feel like you both really excel at that like I totally trust you each and every time to be responsible in that space and that is so valuable I mean I know anybody out there you know that's a midwife that's had different assistants or even other midwives they work with That feels like a very touchy thing to me, which is why I wouldn't invite anyone to a birth. I wouldn't just be like, oh, I need help. Can anybody come? Like it is so personal because if we don't feel comfortable with that or we don't trust someone in their own energy, then weird shit happens and it affects like the whole birth space. So that's a long blab. Anybody? I think it it starts too with your your vision of birth is kind of what comes to mind for me. And I just feel so like this is a physiological process and I trust women and walking along this journey with women um, and really getting to know them in their pregnancy. And you, you really just have that trust for them. And so it's easy almost when you are aligned with clients. So, and maybe that even comes back to making sure you work with people who you feel aligned with, but you you really do walk into their birth space knowing that um, you can rely on everyone's energy to really guide that mom and that she will let us know if anything is off to her. And, and her also trusting us, being the women who have been in her circle her whole pregnancy, that you know what we feel is also valid in that. Um, I was going to say too, it's a lot about how the stage is set because if we're coming for a prenatal and I know as soon as we get here, we're going to be doing a grounding meditation. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come in all with whatever else I have going on. You know, I'm going to take a second to land here and know that what I'm walking into is um, a space for the woman we're sitting with and that we're going to spend that time grounding into ourselves before we even get started. So it's really a practice that's been modeled for us. So, yeah, it seems easy. I loved, and I don't remember what what webinar it was in the midwifery <laughs> school, but one midwife shared, I don't know if it was a midwife, she knew it was her herself, but shared that she went swimming before, like if she'd get called to a birth, she would go swimming, like mm. before to ground herself, and that's always stuck with me. I remember learning that maybe I heard that for the first time in the doula academy course even and I really like felt that from the first time I heard that of yes like we need to be really centering ourselves before we like even walk out the door to go to this birth and you know whether it's listening to relaxing music in the car or like doing a meditation and deep breathing before you go in Um, But then also implementing those things in your daily life, I think, is important in regulating your nervous system. So that way, when you are in a birth space, you are ready to do those things again. And yeah, I loved, like Sam was talking about, 
um, during prenatals when we do the grounding activities, whether it's a meditation or the singing bowls. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the singing bowls. It You can just see in the moms how much of a difference it makes for them as well. And that, you know, we all come from our different places, but when we come together and we ground ourselves first, it's like, oh, like we're all here and we can just like be together and in that moment. And it kind of all falls into the birth space as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, it's nice to have a circle for that because I definitely didn't always do that. I mean, it feels relatively new for me. And now it's mind boggling in a way that like for years, people would just show up for prenatals and like you kind of jump right in, you know, to like, hi, how are you? But it definitely took, uh, it takes like setting intention and this sounds weird, but like kind of training people in a way, you know, like now we're like all trained in that way. And we have, um, you know, confidence around that. So when people come in, you know, you kind of have to set the stage for them is how it feels like this is how it looks here. This Mm -hmm. is what we do here. And I appreciate that coming from all of you. Um, That's really helpful. So I had something I wanted to bring up, which is you know, you've both both worked as a doula for a while. So you guys have your own experience, like with your own clients. And we were talking about energy today in our Elevate program and just like doing consults. And I'm so curious how that has shifted for you um, over this amount of time, just like who to work with and how to decide that, just because I think that's something people are interested in, you know, most doulas I think still are like oh I'll work with anyone that emails me kind of thing um so changing that paradigm to like are we aligned and how does that look those are my questions well I will say that I did say no for the first time and it was really hard and Maren helped me through it thank you Maren um and it was a huge relief Um, to let go of the idea that I have to do something just because I had said I'd done it. I said I would do it um, even when it didn't feel right. So I think that that has just um, made a big shift in me knowing going forward that like I don't have to do something if it doesn't feel right to me. And that's super important for attending births as a midwife later on. Like if I'm feeling like something is just not quite right, then I've I've done the work now to give myself permission to just politely excuse myself from that and not feel bad about it. Oh, this has been one of the biggest things for me as a birth worker because I definitely went through one of those programs, like doula schools in the beginning that were like, take anyone. (laughs) And it was a lot of lessons learned and coming into this apprenticeship mainly, um, I've definitely was like, wow, like we can, this is a thing. You can, <laughs> you can be with people you feel aligned with and, and say no to, you know, anything that doesn't feel right in you. So it's been a huge shift for me in my practice as a doula. And I feel like I can like see, like I can envision the midwife that I'm becoming. And I can just really see this huge shift that's happened where I am way more connected to my intuition and being with my energy in interviews and things like that or consults with people and really feeling that yes or no and 
yeah, and knowing what is right for me and, and what I want to walk with as well. And I was going to say also ignoring the no will get you into some weird birds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'll have you'll be looking back thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, I saw this heading this way and I ignored it. And mm-hmm. you're like, why did I do that? Um, but, you know, having having the perspective now that the no is meant to be honored and to really feel it and speak it and just like stay in it. Like mm. I I know that throughout the apprenticeship, like I felt my no and I felt like saying the no and it took a while to finally get to like the full embodiment of it. Not where I just said it, but where I lived it and I mm. stayed in it even when it felt weird to be like, saying no to a woman who really wants to have me at her birth or whatever it is. And being in such an apprenticeship like this, it's been such a huge opportunity to see this firsthand and to see Marin, you know, say her no's and, and to also know what was on her mind when she made those decisions and to see how she handled that in those moments. And that's been huge as well and has given me, I feel like, the tools to to say the no and yeah yeah it's about so much more than you know what someone says or even clinically what's going on I feel like we've had some some stuff that you know maybe clinically looks crazy or you know uh even recently like people that have a history where most people would be like no way just based on their history but you know we've had great experiences because they were the right match and vice versa. So I always appreciate um, you two holding space for that as well, because it's not easy to say no. And I know the times that I felt that, you know, I'm always eager to know, like, what did you two feel like with that consult here? You know, just because we are all different and we all feel it in different ways. Um, And you brought up human design and we've talked a little bit about this in our Elevate thing. But like for me, it's an immediate yes or no. And that's not better or worse than anyone else. That's just how it works for me. So I can be in the room with the person and just be like, I wish this hour was up because this is a no. But then my challenge is following through as well, you know, because then you think about it or you talk about it and you're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it would work out. Um, So I'm always learning that, too. Um, with my human design as a manifester, I feel like with it has an or a repelling aura. So to me, I haven't really had to say no to many people because they just don't want to be around me <laughs> if they're not aligned. I so, can't imagine. <laughs> so it's been a new practice to you know occasionally have people that somehow ended up around me and to still be able to do that and and live it and be in it with my no. So. I thought that was so funny and I could relate to that in like the opposite way because I swear I've been at like a consultation and totally like said no like in what I was putting out and they still signed the contract that I still Mm. for some reason sent because like how I don't know I just was in that weird space of like that was just my process of sending over you know what the booking information was after thinking they're not gonna sign it because of what I said and they still sign it and it's like how do you end up in that but just funny how our energies work and the people that we meet with and yeah it's been such a good journey being a part of the consults as well and and getting to feel the energy and discuss that afterwards 
yeah, there's endless, endless things to discuss, I feel like, there. And um, I try to keep you too looped in to all of the things going on. But even that sometimes is challenging. Like, there's so many things with different people. And I know sometimes it's just things I'm feeling. Like, I don't have any practical proof of it. But just communicating to you two, like, hey, like, I'm feeling this from this client. Um, and you two don't think it's crazy. And often one of you are like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling that too. So it helps to have that like confirmation and really be working with people that get it. No. <laughs> uh, I had another question. Well, it's not even a question, but I think it's a fun topic that um, you two will enjoy. But you've been getting to feel more bellies, both of you. And I feel like you're getting better at it and, you know, all the clinical stuff, counting the heartbeat, finding the heartbeat, which is so fun. And of course, it's so necessary. And even clinically, like most uh, midwives and midwifery schools don't even use a fetoscope. Like many midwives don't even learn with that. So you're ahead of the game learning. But yeah, just hearing your reflections, I guess, on what you've shared so far and how it feels to connect in that way and what you feel like you've learned. <laughs> yeah, I think just, you know, you sit and, and talk with a woman and, and get to really hear all of the things that are going on and, and talk about the birth and talk about all the exciting things. But I think it is a really special moment at the end. Um, and like you always say, not that it really, like, tell, you know, not that it really means, you know, the end of the world or anything, but yeah. it's like, so I think it's just such a special moment to just be able to connect with a mom and baby in that way. And, you know, even in that moment, just to take a breath and, and place our hands on her womb and, you know, speak to her and connect with her and baby and ask her how they're doing and, and feeling, um, you know, has been such an amazing experience and feeling where baby is and also hearing what moms have felt in their own bodies and that they are the best, you know, of knowing what's going on. And, um, and then I think one of the other beautiful things is, um, you know, we're still in the learning stage and women are practicing listening with their babies with the fetoscope all the time and, you know, having them be our teachers and, you know, they're able to show us where they hear baby's heart rate and all of those things. So I just think it's a really special moment to connect with mom and baby. And I feel like you really do get connected with the baby as well in that way. And it's just a beautiful moment to have at the end of a beautiful meeting. Yeah, I feel like us all having the intention of connecting with the baby, the mom, Marin as a midwife, and us as apprentices, it really sets up this whole thing for the mom to, like Angelia said, she knows so much about her baby. I'm constantly fascinated by how much she can tell us about mm. this being growing in there and, you know, every couple weeks or so hearing more about who they're becoming and what they're doing in there and then actually feeling it. It's amazing how unique every belly and every baby feels. Like, you would think there are some commonalities, but it's just so unique to each mama and each baby. Like, Every time I'm like, wow, <laughs> there's really a baby in there and they have their own unique personalities and sometimes they're like sticking an arm way out on one <laughs> side and other babies don't do that. <laughs> so it's just so cute to see the little um, intricacies of um, how that can look. 
Yeah, I love that you both get to see what it's like when you really trust these women. I love what you said about them knowing. And you said, Angelia, just yesterday to the mom, you were like, oh, you really, like, you're really tuned in to your baby's personality or something like that. Like, that's so cool because this mom had, like, a lot to say about who her baby is. And I think it's so cool that, like, we really believe that and we take that seriously. And, um, you know, I think it it always comes to pass in a way, like what we think we know once the baby's born, even through the birth process, I feel like they often illustrate the personality that their mom has taught us. Um, And so you've gotten to see that in real life. And that's so different than, you know, plunking a Doppler on someone and not even telling them what position their baby's in. And so many women in their pregnancies are so disconnected. They're like, oh, I never thought to talk to my baby. I never thought to put my hands on my own belly or hear my baby's heartbeat. Um, So it's just a different way of holding space, I guess. Yeah, and which, just a side note, that mom is so cute and she literally (laughs) does commentary for her baby and it's like the cutest thing ever. But she really does know her baby and you can see that and in that connection building between a mom and a baby and encouraging that and seeing that also goes so far mm. for them being connected in the birth process and yeah just all of us feeling that goodness when we're there but back to the skills part I don't feel like any particular worry about you know any rush to learn any skills I feel like the way that it's happened has been so naturally and I remember hearing actually in a podcast about you did or Marin did about apprenticeship how special it was for students to start feeling bellies and I just thought to myself like oh my goodness like we made it to that (laughs) to that special like milestone of getting to do that and and it is so special and you know such an honor to get to connect with these women in that way and and to be in this role as a student midwife and but yeah I don't feel any particular worry about yeah, needing all of the skills. And, and I think that's kind of what Sam was saying earlier too, before we hopped on here was that, you know, we, we are learning now what we, you know, to just be in the space. And we are, we're given that opportunity to just be in the student role and to feel that energy before trying to do all of the skills piece. And, and I feel like our apprenticeship with Marin happened very organically and and so I just feel like the skills will come and, and everything in our midwifery practice one day will come as well. Yeah, I would just say to that that, yeah, everything appears when it needs to, you know, um, just like this apprenticeship and um, connecting with the moms and the skills will come in their own time too. And. Yeah, it's exciting. I remember Angelia and I, when we, the first time we were like, we're filling a belly today. (laughs) And it was like, ah, so exciting. And, you know, it's just so special to get to do that and connect with moms, like she said. And, and yeah, the skills will come and it will be just so awesome to have that foundation of um, being with women and the, and being with the baby and getting to know them first before you're even like plunking Dopplers or doing all the things. Um, then you'll actually have some perspective of 
why it would be needed or um, do you actually need it and why would you be using it and when and you know getting to explore that um, as a secondary to the stuff we've talked about where it's not the first thing that we're doing but we get to sort of like get there in our own time when it's needed. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about birth a little bit. That would be fun. We can wrap it up after that. But I'm just so curious, really, because I wasn't taught in that way of, you know, feeling into what's going on, of having like a super strong connection. So I'm just curious if you guys have any stories, once again, to share from births we've been at where... Either way, you felt like, oh, wow, like something feels amiss here, you know, and maybe it was or wasn't. And maybe, you know, we did more stuff than we would normally do because there's definitely been a couple of births at least where kind of all the stops were pulled out <laughs> and all the skills were seemingly used and just like how that felt. Um, and then the opposite where, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to use. People can't believe that you don't even like have a glove out, that it's just simply being there. Um, but yeah, like just how that felt for you and like kind of, I'm wondering if that like imprints in a way so that when you're going forward, you can access that, you know, and that's my hope, I guess. I'm totally blabbing, but like the Doppler thing, you know, rather than being someone that's like, well, I just listen every 15 minutes that you have more awareness and like a depth of no, of like real knowledge. What came to my mind immediately, and I don't know that I have anything specific to talk to, you know, about it, but maybe you all, it'll bring something up for you all, but was the very first birth we ever attended with all mm. three of us, um, which was so beautiful, Olivia's birth. And this was before our apprenticeship started, but we all got to be in that sacred space together for the first time. And, her birth was so, like, I, I don't know if cinematic is the word or, like, <laughs> dramatic, but, like, in a good way. Like, it was so, like, the thunder was roaring, mm. and she was roaring and, and bringing Atlas Earthside, and, and there was, like, something with a little bit of oh, bleeding, right. and, mm-hmm. but I just remember, like, having that feeling that, you know, everything's good, and, and even when things come up like that, and, and maybe you ask mom, like, how baby's doing, or you intuitively want to listen in, you still like have that calming reassurance and that grounded presence in that. But yeah, I just remember being at that birth with you all and and that's what came to my mind is just being in the birth space and and feeling that energy for the first Mm -hmm. time. And Yeah, that was just such a cinematic, beautiful birth. (laughs) I will remember it forever, very well. Um, I was gonna um, say, definitely I can feel in my body when things are feeling wonky in the birth space. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed for me, that's, you know, when I'm feeling like, okay, well, what do we do now? And like trying to figure out what to do with my own energy, you know? Um, And whether that's just like, taking a few minutes to um, ground back in and really consider like, you know, what are we doing here? (laughs) And where do we go from here within myself before like needing to do anything is just very different. And the way Mary rolls definitely like she is not going to just like 
be rushing in to like offer all the things or do all the things like there's some space between whatever's coming up energetically and what happens moving forward and and really balancing what you're feeling with what the mom's feeling and sort of like approaching the mom in the birth space not with like your own anxious energy but in mirror mirroring and reflecting back to her what we're feeling from her mm. versus like just coming in with our own stuff and freaking out or you know trying to resolve it or be the solution person like um it's very unique in that we're we're witnessing this mom and reflecting back to her what she's um what we're feeling from her you know that's so true yeah, it's making me think of a birth where it felt like there was a lot. I mean, to do is not the right word because I remember saying to you too, like, this birth is like requiring more action or something like that because the mom is sort of requesting it. And just being clear, I think, in my stupor of exhaustion <laughs> uh, with you two, that it, it wasn't a really a matter of, like, what we did or not. Like, we could probably argue that the doing wasn't really doing anything, except, like you're saying, like, that was the support that was required. And I think even something, like, really nuanced like that is important because you can totally move into the, like, we have to do all the things, and, you know, if it's an emergency on one hand, you're going to do the thing. But in the case of a long labor or whatever, um, I think just being in that space, which you two both manage so beautifully, uh, is really exhausting. And it like really just kind of pulls everything out of you. And you don't quite know in your mind in some moments, like, is there anything to do? Could we do anything? Because <laughs> we would do it. Um, but staying grounded and just kind of like, yeah, offering, offering all that can be offered. I think that kind of comes back to us being a circle as well because we had so many amazing women in that room and or just in the birth space in general and we really were able to be an ebb and flow of energy for that mom and it was a long labor um, so just being able to flow in and out and kind of maybe have what energy she needed in that moment and it was just really beautiful to even see I remember stepping back in at one month at one moment and I could just hear the roaring upstairs of just the and like Sam and Rebecca just being there with her in that moment and and giving their energy to her I think was really amazing to see and like how we all came in and and you know we're just there for what she needed in the moment that she was in mm. and of course I also love reflecting back when she doesn't need anything from us right. like that's probably the best <laughs> when she doesn't need anything at all and we're just reflecting that back to her you know except maybe just trust in her or trust in the process mm -hmm. like those are the easy ones <laughs> when we're sort of just reflecting that you don't really need us here and and that's something that comes from the prenatal time too um and something that Marin focuses on I think you've told this to both of us that we're training people to not really need us. Um, and that's very different um, from the traditional model of midwifery because the whole idea is that you have, you need someone, you need someone there, you need someone to manage it, you need 
all the things or whatever it is that they offer, you need that. And um, coming from this different place where we're teaching women to not need us, but to want us and, and to feel supported by that circle. Um, and then, yeah, just reflecting it back, especially in those times when, you know, she knows deep down that she doesn't need anything from us except us there. Okay, one last, maybe last topic I just thought of. Uh, what about fear? Like, have you ever felt fear in the birth space? And, you know, was it because something was wrong? Was it your own stuff? And, you know, I'm being totally transparent. Like, there was at least one birth, and maybe I said this to both of you, I can't remember, where I was just like, oh, wow, like, I'm, I'm like, feeling a lot of fear about this. Like, this one thing keeps coming up for me and, like, the preparation and, you know, just being honest about that, too, because I think that's normal and natural. And, and you know, we've all seen stuff, too, like at births that maybe isn't that great. So not carrying it in. Um, and then, yeah, I guess this is more like a midwife thing, um, not acting out of fear, because that's something I've been thinking about is like, you know, if you get a feeling something is not right and say you want to pull out the Doppler, like there's no shame in that, like that's a good thing. So as like I'm teaching and you guys are observing, like that does make an appearance if it feels like it needs to, but yet, I mean, you're not in my head. Sometimes if it's like, if it feels more fear-based, then I have to like remind myself not to act on that. So I don't know if that sparks any thought. Yeah, I can think of, a time or two when I felt fear in the birth space, but I think it mostly came from that midwife or in the moment, like having fear in mm-hmm. her. And so that kind of like reflecting onto me and not, you know, just being in that space where the energy yeah, is not, yeah, like the energy is not grounded and in that moment. So definitely feeling that. And it kind of makes me think about knowing the difference between fear and intuition in your body and like what Mm -hmm. that feels like. So you can also sit with that when it comes up for you in a birth space. And, and I love the way that, you know, in, in your fear before that birth, you were able to, you know, talk about it and talk to the other midwife about it. And, and I think it's kind of one of those things that we have to remember as midwives that we have other women that we can lean on and, and not to like dwell on it, but also not to tuck it away. And but to you know, just like we do the fear releasing ceremony, totally. we have to it's deal. We yeah. have to deal with our own kind of like feelings too. But to do that work, just yeah. like we're asking the women to do that work. Although, in hindsight, I'm like, was that a fear, or did I know something? And I think. <laughs> That is also a part of the conversation. You know, when you just can't shake something, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe it's kind of giving you a heads up. So just saying, it's not always like crystal super clear. And here I am always learning because I just had that aha moment of like, oh my gosh, like I can totally <laughs> see that. So, Right. Um, the only like big oh crap moment that I've had is um, when we called for transport at one of the recent births and I would like I had to sit with myself and like feel that fear that felt really big 
and I'm I'm over here. I feel like like a high schooler getting busted at a party or something, <laughs> right. and like you know, here EMTs coming, and I'm like, who am I? What what's my role here? What do I tell them? Like it's like all going through my head. Um, like you know, how do I explain this? And it wasn't even really my job to explain it. And here Marin is like so tactfully explaining like to me what would take like three hours to explain this whole birth <laughs> to them. <laughs> and like, I don't even know if, you know, in being so tired and, you know, up for days, how I would even explain all that. <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful to have the space and the experience to sit with those fears while I'm not, you know, a midwife all the way now. I'm just in an apprenticeship and like, exploring what is that fear where does it come from you know why am I carrying it do I need to like is this mine can I can I let it go is this something that I need to carry and you know most of those answers are no and um yeah just being able to first acknowledge that the fear was there and then also creating some time and space for myself to like release that and to come back to you know the big questions of like who are we? Why are we in this work? And and then also being able to see how Marion shows up in this and like I don't know what was going through her mind, but like it seems so cavalier and just like, <laughs> all right, I guess I'll ride with her. <laughs> and and um yeah, I can see in her definitely that she has done the work to release a lot of those things and I'm grateful to not have that passed on because I could definitely see in other apprenticeships that that is a big deal and um, a lot of those fears are passed on. So thank you, mm-hmm. Marin. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it like that in a way, you know, not that I'm your mom, but like as a, you know, mother midwife, like the same way we do with our children that we can like unconsciously pass stuff down. I never thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, I think there's, you know, we have the collective fear around like persecution and prosecution and for anyone listening that doesn't know right like to be to be a student with a midwife that isn't licensed in a state where licensing is required also like takes courage and it takes confidence and yeah I feel like I should have said that earlier because that's part that's only a tiny part of what makes you two so special not that you'd even be willing to do that but that that is you like that is why you're here um, because that's not a lot of people And if it's all about, like, crossing the T's and dotting the I's, you'd be in totally the wrong place. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, being able to, like, learn to stand in your power. Like, we're not doing anything wrong. Like, we're not reckless and crazy, even though that can be the reputation. Like, we know way crazier stuff that happens, um, you know, by midwives that have all the papers. So um, learning to stand in that power and not hide from it, I think, is something I've wanted to pass on since, you know, in my apprenticeship, um, you know, I saw her house be searched and all kinds of crazy shit that traumatized me, you know, so to not further the traumatization feels positive. <laughs> Are we going to end on that note? We cannot end on that note. <laughs> well, I, I loved hearing you say that, you know, the motherly part, because I totally see you as a mother figure and, 
And yeah, I kind of, I thought about something that came up for me when you were talking about that is I remember dealing with that particular fear Mm. when thinking about enrolling in midwifery school and like all of the options. And I just remember that moment. I was like, you know what, you know, whatever happens if I got to go to jail, (laughs) not literally, but I just sat with that and I was like, this is my like calling. Like I know that this is where I'm meant to be. And I also know that I can make the best decisions for myself and and yeah I just I don't know it was not it's not a worry at all anymore on my mind it's definitely just being with the clients that you align with and and yeah just all of this coming full full circle well that might be a wrap I think we've covered lots of good things um, I don't know anything else yeah. I guess we could talk about the energy of Ernie's birth, too. Yeah, we and totally That was can. such a beautiful... I don't think we really talked about that. No. I'm still on a birth high from Ernie's birth, but... So say say what it was yeah. I mean, about her, whatever yeah. we can share. Yeah, this lovely mama had three previous cesareans, so this was her first vaginal birth, Ooh. and home birth so go mama we're still so proud of you Um, but yeah she definitely did the work and we got to connect with her during her pregnancy and truly I loved the way Marin explained her birth that it looked like she had been birthing forever and like has always given birth you know so it was truly just that she did the damn thing (laughs) I guess is the best way to put it but it was truly so beautiful and it was one of those births where we didn't need to do anything but just really be with her and I think that's that was the piece for her was that she had women that trusted in her and yeah just loved her throughout her journey and were willing to sit with her and trust her yeah yeah and it's just so incredible how there was zero fear from anybody in that bird space we all completely trusted in her and she trusted in herself and um, she'd done the fear release and all the things leading up to the birth to where when we got there she was having her baby and it wasn't long after that that her baby was born and she did it and it was just so amazing yeah I'm still feeling um, just that birth high and just so astounded at how straightforward and seamless and um just magical it was and yeah that's the one I was speaking to where we were just reflecting back to her that she didn't really need anything from us like she's a smart strong amazing woman and she really just needed us there and in trust of her she did so great yeah well, and I love that you got to, you guys both got to see that. I mean, that was, you know, the first time I had <laughs> ever had the honor of attending someone that has had three cesareans. So I feel like for all of us, you know, aside from being just like a beautiful, powerful woman, um, you know, we, we were allowed to have that experience, which like shapes you going forward, you know, to know that things that people think are impossible are definitely possible and again to like echo what you both said seeing the work that she did which you know I feel like I want to reflect on that more someday probably with her too to be like wow 
you know, there were lots of things that came up and there were fears and she was like the most willing participant for anything that was suggested that, you know, that we felt like would be helpful. And um, even down to like, I remember when, you know, when I found out she was pregnant because we, we both, we all know this woman to a certain extent. Um, she had actually come to one of our retreats last year. And when I found out she was pregnant and she asked me to be her midwife, it wasn't even a question in my mind. It wasn't like, oh, well, well, she has this history. It was like, absolutely, yes. Like, this woman is going to do it. And, you know, if she doesn't do it, then I'll be there for that too. But it very much felt just like a really, really solid yes. So I love that it goes outside of, again, what, what people think are poss- what people think is possible. Yeah, but what a gift. Well, that's a that's a great way to end. That was a great birth. And we have, let's see, just a couple more here before I take a break. Um, and yeah, we don't know what will happen after this break. I might be back here and things might, maybe I'll change things up a million times over again. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Like, oh, wow, when I get a break, I get to, you know, think through like a billion different ways to do things. So I know that... Um, you know, we'll be together again in some birth capacity and we'll see where it all leads. So any parting words? Are you good? Yeah. Just thank you so much for having us and this has been great. So fun. We'll have to do it again. Love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you too. Yeah. We'll have to do it again. We should like come up with a reason to chat, even if, um, we were in different places. We could always do a chat together. So, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can check out the IndieWorth site for new offerings. We do have a new virtual retreat coming up on April 8th. It's the answering the call to radical midwifery, but it will be virtual and it'll just be for a day. So you can check our Instagram for that link or email us. Have a great week.